I really, really did want to start with like such an ironic like, ooh, hello everyone and welcome back. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you requested it. Now we have an intro. <laughs> Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Signal from Noise. Uh, welcome. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with some some follow up. Yes. Yes, quite. So you, well, both of us had the chance to visit MapleStory recently, mm -hmm. and I did want to know what your thoughts were. Okay. On MapleStory. Yes, on MapleStory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else would it be about? <laughs> well, first of all, I, I've um, I, I I see where where your hype for this game comes from. I understand it. There is, it has this addictive, um, very like I don't know. In my opinion, shallow game loop. But like I don't know, it just gets me. Um, <laughs> I really I really like grinding um, for mobs, which is weird because I don't really care much for the quests. I just like I just like grinding, um, and I like when we both listen to music and vibe out for hours as i try to get large combos there's something very nice about that and my favorite experience in maple story has to be that that friend that we made from oh my god where, <laughs> i forgot about that where, was, he, was he from chile i think i think yeah i think it was chile oh um my god. what was his name oh uh, i forgot <laughs> he had a very complicated name giovanni di rupo Giovanni. Giovanni. That was his Giovanni. name. Giovanni. Yes. Oh my god. Um, but what a what a great experience. Like that, that's what I love. Like party up and then we you know, we just talked with him. That was very fun. Yeah. I loved it. But I, I enjoyed running around afterwards and like like we we were without masks and we were like, oh you know, all the people here, they're not wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> And we, we literally just finished a quest that that gave us a mask. That was it. So that it was, was like reason, perfect yeah. timing <laughs> for us to make a joke like that. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Honestly, it was just great to to re-experience the game with you a little bit, and it's so funny because like, I mean, you already know this, but like after we had like our little play session together, I kept going, and I just went absolutely nuts for the game again and this is like the most active i've ever been <laughs> on the game since like i first started when i was like obsessed with it so much nostalgia so much like and i don't know it's almost like you're rediscovering the game and i think there's something lovely about that i don't know that's what happened with me and minecraft in the past two weeks uh so i get it i get it right uh, but i was gonna say basically though, both of us just went back to our childhood games well i mean <laughs> But it feels weird because it's like where I I feel like I'm I'm engaging with it completely differently than as when I did you know at fourteen like I'm re-experiencing the game as an adult and it's awesome and I love it. You know what I think I literally have the same experience with Maple too, where I, I'm looking at it from a different angle now because because remember mm -hmm. last episode I said that it was all about the community and right now I've been playing pretty much by myself, mm -hmm. but I've learned to like really love the grind and just solo progression and trying to make your character stronger and i'm engaging with like all the new crafting and upgrade systems that they've added throughout the years and i don't know like i've seen it in a new light and it's it's a better experience solo uh than it's ever been before that's so that's so weird 
I mean, I I I feel the exact same way with Minecraft. Whereas when I was when I was a teenager, I would play it with other people in servers, and that was my the only way I could imagine playing it. Uh, right now, I've just enjoyed so much just being by myself and engaging with all the mechanics and exploring, discovering. I'm trying not to look at the wikis or tutorials or anything. Just trying to explore the game and uh, mm. just I don't know enjoy every little thing in it. It's been nice. It's been really nice. So I feel you on that. That's awesome. I, I know they added a bunch of new stuff to the game too, right? Like it's, when I look at new gameplay, yeah, it looks completely different. <laughs> <laughs> which which makes it really nice. Because I, I think I, I stopped playing that game at like version 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, I played mm-hmm. it in beta and then 1.0 came out. And then, yeah, like I stopped playing very early on, like 1.2 or something. But all of these new bosses that they added and mm-hmm. just the, the new look of the the, the nether and all of that I haven't experienced any of it i don't think i even defeated the ender dragon when i played originally so it's kind of just like going through it all again but I what feel like really I'm, yeah i never did I never noob did. <laughs> just kidding. i never i never finished the game yeah it's so weird i just got sidetracked um, mm. i mean but, that's what happens yeah that's kind of the point <laughs> but i was gonna say about maple that i i now I understand when you were saying how leveling brought the community together. I think the reason that happened is because it was so hard to progress that everyone just ended up like the most of the community was in the same place physically because they couldn't be in those higher islands or anything. And yes, that's where everyone wants to be, where everyone else is. Like, I, I totally feel that with Maple Story, where I want to play around other people i like seeing other people doing their stuff almost i don't know about you i I understand that you like uh if we're trying to optimize we want to be in the other channels separate from other people where we get our own mobs Mm -hmm. but a part of me wants to stay in the same channels as them and just like (laughs) (laughs) play with them yeah i want to play with so funny (laughs) there was this funny experience i had in the game recently where like I was like doing whatever daily quest I had to do. And I feel like this speaks to how the game has become much more single player uh, because someone came into the map I was fighting in. Yeah. And he asked me, he was like, oh, I'm also doing my daily quest. Do you want to party up? And then immediately after he was like, oh, wait, this is Maple Story. And then he changed uh, to a different map. <laughs> and I, was, and I felt super bad. I was that like, happened. what did I do? I was <laughs> Wait, he didn't it even respond. So he just said that, and then and then he left. Well, I was I just kept killing, oh. <laughs> and like yeah, I didn't. And then he was like, "Oh right, this is Maple." <laughs> it's, it's so wow. dismissive, and, and I felt bad. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of funny. I feel like that shows kind of how how solo this game has become. That's so weird. It's it's interesting because you got both sides. You got both perspectives of it. Yeah. Well, I loved the. I, I fell in love with the solo progression. So it, it is funny. Like I, I'm one of those now. I've been transformed. <laughs> hey, at least you're enjoying this game, um, and that's great. Like I think I think that's the the best uh, conclusion for me is that I'm enjoying something that I I didn't think I could enjoy again, and enjoying it in new ways. And I feel like with Maple, it's my first time, um, and I love it. Mm. I like playing with you guys, though. Yeah, no, it, it's really fun playing with you. Okay. Are you ready for my topic? I am more than ready. I'm excited. 
All right. Cool. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> As if it wasn't interesting before. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, really heat up. All right. Yeah. All right. We're, we're about to get crazy. We're about to get crazy. So I'm going to list three chat apps. And okay. everyone at home, I also want you to do this. Like maybe you can pause the episode. But Maxi, I want you to rank these in terms of like your enjoyment and just your overall impressions from a design perspective of these chat apps. I love this already. I love it. <laughs> this is an amazing idea. So we have AIM, AOL Instant Messenger. Mm-hmm. We have Facebook Messenger. Okay. And Snapchat. Oh, God. Okay. I like... Facebook Messenger the most. Uh, okay. I'm going to put AIM second, Snapchat third. Yeah. Interesting. But so I think I think I'm coming at it from different sides than you. But here's yeah. here's my here's my here's my breakdown, my motivation for this. Facebook Messenger, it's a great general purpose messenger for me. Unlike the Apple people with their wonderful iPhones and I guess they have iMessage. I don't have that luxury in life. So I use Facebook Messenger as an alternative to Google's or the Android text messaging. I hate Android text messaging. I actually ask Facebook to put all of my SMS text conversations into Messenger, Facebook Messenger. So it's my one place that I go for all of my messages. Uh, So I love that aspect of it, that I have one unified place. From a security perspective, probably a really bad idea because I'm giving my text messages to Facebook, but it's convenient. Right. One thing I hate about Facebook uh, Messenger is that they still don't have markdown support, which just just kills me inside. <laughs> <laughs> no bold messages. Oh, oh God, no. it's so annoying. Um, but uh, but yeah, other than that, I think, I think it's a great general purpose messenger for me. Um, I love their emojis. I love everything about it. Um, AIM, I when I used it, it was a very quirky, fun experience for me. So I loved it. I also love that you could customize. Um, oh man, it's been so long, but I, I used to customize like the profile picture and the username, those, like that little aim status, I think. Anyway, aim was really fun to use. Uh, and it was very simple and fast, like very snappy. And Snap, my favorite feature of Snap used to be that things get auto-deleted. Um, mm. And it just... Uh, for me, as a person who doesn't like to share things online publicly, I loved Snap, uh, the idea of it. I could just send stuff to my friends, didn't have to worry about it being saved. It could be trash. I don't really care about the pictures I take. It was just a fun way for me to share my life with them without taking it too seriously, unlike Instagram. So that's kind of my my breakdown. So, so my rankings are literally the opposite of yours. Oh. And I actually wasn't expecting that. So I have Snapchat up top, AIM, and then Facebook Messenger. Ooh. And it's interesting. The, the exact reason opposite? I, it's, so yeah, I have the exact opposite. The reason I have Facebook Messenger so low is I'm coming mainly from like the experience perspective. And I'm not sure if that's really what you were going for, but like, because Facebook, like everyone can message anyone whenever, I feel like there was less of a an impetus to respond to messages. Whereas with like AIM or Snapchat, 
like i don't know something there was something just so like in the moment i feel that yeah there was just something that that made you want to respond to messages a lot more like aim when you had someone online it's like oh i want to chat with them or or snapchat you would also see when people were online well i guess you see that on, on messenger too but something about aim and snapchat it made you actually have conversations more i feel like facebook messenger is more like a place where you just communicate things yeah and that might just be more of like a cultural thing but that's the reason i rate messenger lower than everything else i think you're totally right and like facebook messenger is you're right it's like this asynchronous thing you can send a message to anyone anytime and you're not really looking for a response immediately or to have a conversation you just yeah you're right it's just about communicating and Mm -hmm. i don't think i check my messages synchronously ask people write them i don't really care for that except with you right um i was my my only exception yeah i was actually tempted to put aim up top Mm -hmm. just because i I just remember like loving like that that feeling of when someone you wanted to talk to was online and you know they they would go online because they explicitly wanted to chat i think that's that's a huge thing yeah so like Facebook Messenger, even Snapchat too, like you send a message when you want to send it. But when AIM is, when people logged onto AIM, you knew that they wanted to have a conversation with someone. And I think that was super special. And no apps have really captured that magic so far. I think you, you, you expressed the, the, the thing behind that is I think it's because with AIM, there was intent behind your action of going online. You ex- actively expressed the intent to to talk to other people. Like I log online because I want to uh, I want to have conversations and I want to be with my friends right now. Like I feel like when I went online in AIM and stuff, I was also excited to see if other people were online. <laughs> you know, um, right? <laughs> uh, because I wanted to have those conversations with someone. Um, but with with Messenger, it's all passive. You know, you go, you are online if you're using mm. the app uh, or if you're using Facebook, and so you can't really control that. Like, you can't set an invis- invisible status on yourself. And I just think it's a very you're not actively saying I'm I want to be online and I want to talk to people right now. And I think when that's taken away from you, it just causes creates a different experience. Because almost like the online status doesn't matter. Like, let's be real. We ignore it. <laughs> I ignore it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to type to this person. Uh, online, it could mean that their phone is on. It could mean that, I don't know. It just, I don't know what it means, really. <laughs> yeah. But but why do you put Snapchat on top, though? Uh, honestly, after talking about it, I think I might switch that and put AIM up top. I, I like, I, I put Snapchat on top just because it's just such a unique mode of communication mm-hmm. and there's just so much you can express through photos and i just really like that but mm-hmm. i guess in terms of like actual experience and quality of conversations and all of that i i think i would have to put aim higher it's yeah. also been a while so like i can't <laughs> i can't even actively compare it that much but anyway here's where it gets interesting Oh God! As if it wasn't interesting. Before. As if it wasn't interesting before. <laughs> um, there's this app, this new app, and it's called Honk. Honk. And 
everyone at home also feel free to, to look into it. But uh, I'll describe it really quick. It's a synchronous communication app where you see the other person typing whatever message they're sending. And the whole idea is you create like these chat sessions and like you're just typing things out and having the other person see what you're typing or like whatever picture you have. And it's all like this kind of... Wait, you can see what the person is typing as they're typing it? Yes, you can see what they're typing. But the whole point is that you see what they're typing and then they delete it and then they like type another message. It's like a completely synchronous experience. Oh my God, that's so cool. And like you can also show what your camera uh, feed is showing or like whatever. Oh, um, wow. And the whole idea is to just have a conversation. Like, and and it harkens back to the AIM days where you log in and you see all your friends that are online who want to have conversations and you could start like a session with them. I mean, it also just gets rid of this whole like curation. Like you're just having a raw conversation with someone at that point because you know they're going to see every single thing you type and, and do. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a stream uh, instead of just being like, oh, let me send this curated message like, oh, Brikey, fuck you. You don't want to hang out with me. Let me delete that and say, enjoy your day. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this is this is interesting. Are you on the website? Uh, no, I'm, I'm trying to find the website. Actually, <laughs> it's it's honk honk dot me. Oh, honk honk. And uh, we can we can include the, the link in the show notes, too. Oh, this website is so cute. It's very cute. It's also super, like, the design is really, really great. Wow. Like, UI, UX. Oh, my gosh. So, so the way they describe it is it's real-time messaging, uh, now that I have the website open. And, yeah, it's just you have your chat bubble, and whatever you type gets broadcasted to the other person, and they could just see you as you're typing. And, like, okay, for one thing, the typing is very, like, there's like personality there almost when when you see someone typing. I don't know if you you feel that way too. Oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. This is this is amazing. This is one of the coolest ideas I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually excited about this. I also love the the no chat history. It's just like, I don't know, it makes it so comfortable and low stakes. Just like you just have a talk with someone. I really like this buddy. I'm amazed. How'd you find out about this? So I saw it on Twitter. Uh, I think some some like UI UX person retweeted it uh, that I follow, and and I was just taken away by it. Like I was like, this is such a cool idea. And like, I've always had uh, a little bit of a I don't know, like a hole in my life where where I really wanted AIM to come back or like something where I could just have a conversation with someone again. And it wasn't just like this this asynchronous messaging where where it almost just feels like you're sending emails to people. Uh, so I don't know, I just love the idea and I want to see it succeed. <laughs> and like, I also want to try it. I think it would be great for us to try it. Uh, and then maybe on follow-up next episode, we can we can give our thoughts on on how it goes. I mean, I'm I'm super like excited for this. I was I was really excited when Snapchat came out and then and then I lost interest in it as it became more about like stories and I don't know like advertising and all that curation. It just it just lost that Snapchat feel. And this this sounds amazing and I'm I'm really really excited about this. I want to try it out. Uh the design is also incredible. 
I've also been into UI UX recently. Um, I feel like that is that is the intersection of stuff that I like, user experience. Um, right. Like an HCI, human computer interaction type yes, of Yes, exactly. Of deal. Actually, exactly. I think the one who retweeted it works, is like a PhD researcher in HCI. Oh. So like, it's just completely, yeah. And, and they were just like hands down praising it. So wow. super cool. And I don't know, I think it speaks to like a human need to connect. <laughs> I don't know. This yeah. is this is like getting way too abstract, but no, no. I, I think, you know, there really was a void in my life where like I wanted to just have conversations with people again, like long conversations, and they just don't happen on Messenger. And I feel like something like this is really trying to remedy that kind of a problem. It's a very, very fresh idea, but also just based on the the demo we can see on the website, it looks like it was executed so, so yeah, well. Perfectly. And and yeah, it's super exciting. Well, it's because they knew what experience they wanted people to have. I feel like they, they almost knew ex- what experience they themselves wanted to have. Like, I feel like the, the creators of this felt that same need and that same void. And they're like, let's figure out how to do this perfectly for ourselves and also for everyone else, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, there are thousands of chat apps out there. And this is so subtle, but it's so different. And I don't know. I'm still, I'm still kind of like going through the phase of like, uh, just wow, just experiencing <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Uh, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still. My favorite part about this app still has to be the fact that nothing is safe. I feel like that's so underestimated, but it just lets people focus on the conversation rather than. I don't know, the way they write something, the way the picture looks or anything like that. When it's not saved, there are no stakes. You just you just send a picture and you don't have to worry about it. It just gets deleted immediately. Or you say something and then you don't have to come back to it ever. You don't have to look at it. Nobody has to look at it. It's such a good open forum for conversation rather than, I don't know, I, I like I like the idea of, of not having anything saved. Um, and I think Snapchat walked away from that by letting things be saved. And mm. you don't understand how hard I was smiling when you mentioned how Snapchat nothing is saved. Uh, yeah, and also how you were talking about how how Facebook Messenger is almost like asynchronous. And, yes, and then also while I was talking about how AIM doesn't have or, or how it had sessions, and I just thought about how Honk um, had all of these elements that we were looking for in a chat app altogether and it's funny because like i would have never even thought of that either like there are all these elements that i love in chat apps and i wouldn't have even thought that they could work together and to see someone have actually made it is crazy i'm going to ask one last question about this app and i think that this is where i defer to someone who knows uh Mm -hmm. i mean have you downloaded it i have not okay darn it um i respect i respect the weight i would download it immediately <laughs> but um i was gonna say do you know how you create an account with it is it separate of your uh facebook like do you have to sign in with facebook or mm. is it just its own thing because again i would like it to be its own thing uh but also i'd like the ability to import my friends i guess some of them <laughs> 
that that is an interesting problem that they're gonna have to reconcile like whether or not they want to i mean we don't know if they have facebook login yet they could just give options i guess that's true that's very very much true but they, they would have to figure out like whether or not they want to be like a part of facebook or like allow facebook or not i mean i could see this being um, like a, like an aim thing for me like where it's its own thing. yes i don't want it yes, to be exactly. tied to something more formal that's pretty much how i'd want it to be just because like i don't know there's something just so gross about importing facebook contacts like on any app it, it always just bothers me a little because also yep. like i have uh there's there's so many people that i've added on facebook that i'm not actually like super super connected to that's what and I mean. <laughs> and it just it's almost like visual clutter yep. when it comes to to importing contacts and things like that so like exactly i do want I mean. this to be its own thing i would import like five or ten people really especially for yeah. something like this where i want to have talks with them uh right who's that gonna be you know? <laughs> uh, this guy on the other side you. of the world wants to have a chat with you <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, where we we don't we don't have it in our hands yet, but where do you think you'd rank this? Ah, uh, this this is this is the most I'm telling you this is the most exciting thing in years for me. <laughs> right, I feel like I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I've never <laughs> graduated college, getting a job. Oh my god, this is like the birth new of my child. child. <laughs> Um, I do, I do. If it turns out well, I really do think I'll, I'll rate it up top. Yeah, me too. So, thank you, Los Los Feliz Engineering. Okay, buddy. So, um, I recently got into chess for the first time in my life. Um, very mm-hmm. happy about that. I owe that all to my girlfriend. She watched Queen's Gambit, decided that she <laughs> wanted to be the girl from Queen's Gambit. And we started <laughs> playing chess together. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty fun. I think my largest mistake with it previously was that I underestimated how long it would take. I thought mm-hmm. that chess was like a 45-minute game. Nah. Oh. <laughs> Starting out, it can take two hours per game. Uh, oh, because... We think slowly. We don't really understand what's happening yet. But um, mm-hmm. once I realized that it was going to take long and I committed to that length, um, I enjoyed it a lot more. So chess has already taught me a lot of things like slowing down and focusing. Uh, also, valuable lesson, don't think too far ahead uh, in real life or in chess. <laughs> um, I feel like if I plan out things too far in advance, I become blind to the other things happening around me. So... I've leveraged that in my job as well. Uh, So chess is great. But here's what really struck me. Um, My friend told me that there is a rating system called the ELO rating system. Uh, Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. You know about this? I do. I I know it's like the... I think... Was it started from chess? I'm not sure. Yeah. So so this this professor, uh, who is named after ELO, um, Mm -hmm. he... Oh. Yeah, he was uh, he was a chess player in the United States Chess Federation thing, um, and he was a mathematician. He decided to create a better ranking system for chess players, so that was its inception, and it was used for that to rank chess players against each other. But since then, it's been used everywhere. 
It's been used in a bunch of competitive game uh, matchmaking for mm-hmm. app, uh, for games like CS:GO, PUBG. Uh, a lot of them just take that base algorithm that he had created and they just implement it one to one. Like a PUBG and CS:GO oh just God. do the base version. Some people, some apps uh, tweak it a little bit, um, like Fortnite or uh, League of Legends. But in general, it's used for pretty much all uh, rank based competitive matchmaking but in addition to that uh well it's also used um for live sports as well um Mm. but uh still used for chess what it's used for though which this is the weird part can you think of another place where this is implemented another i guess sphere of apps or something like that i'm not really sure i think i know where you're going with this and I don't know what that says about me, <laughs> but I think what you're about to say is it's used for dating apps. Well, what that says about you, buddy, is that you know my mind. <laughs> uh, is that you're actually just really knowledgeable and smart. Yeah, no. Uh, um, I don't know where I heard that from, but it's so every example you listed off as you were talking, I was like, oh, isn't it used for, for video games? Isn't that also used for sports? And then as soon as you were talking about like some weird system, I was like, oh yeah, it's also used for 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 dating apps. I don't know where I learned this though. Uh I don't know. I, I was I was blown away when I read about this. Um, because it's also such a contentious way of implementing this. And I think that's why uh, it was it was used by Tinder. And they they have since then gone away from it because it was controversial it got a lot of i guess negativity because the way they decided to do this <laughs> oh, is no. each person had a desirability score and it was based on how many people swiped right on you so the more people swiped right the more your desirability score went up which was based on the elo score so you were being ranked against people uh based on your desirability based on how much you were swiped and the people that you would get recommended to you, this is the, the reason is for this recommendation engine. It was based on the rankings. So higher, more, more desirable people were recommended to each other. Uh, and the least desirable people were just sitting at the bottom of the Tinder pool with each other. And Ooh. that is really weird, especially yeah. because it's based on swipes. Nothing, there is no like attributes like preferences or anything. It was literally based on how many people swiped right on you. How weird that, is that? <laughs> that is very weird. And I think there are like so many different conversations that can be had about it. And I think I think an important one is is just like ethics in computing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think either of us are like authorities on the topic and I don't I don't want to like misspeak on that. But um something I did want to talk about with respect to <laughs> to that is I wonder if there are other metrics that would be a little less controversial for using a system like that, like maybe how long uh, people stay in the chat, or Ooh. like, or like maybe how frequently people respond to your messages. Actually, that might be just a noisy <laughs> signal from attractiveness. But like either way, like maybe based on the the quality of messages or. Or something like that. Do, do you know what 
Uh, do you know what other matching algorithms are used for? Yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that uh, in a bit. Mm-hmm. The other algorithms, um, because okay. yes, it's it's a great thing to compare this to other apps that have done this. But I really like your point that you could use probably potentially the same exact algorithm, just have a different metric for it, and it could lead to completely different results. Obviously, I feel like if you use the chat time, which is a great idea, because I feel like it shows that people are more committed if they stay in the chat and like more invested and not playing around. But there are two outcomes. A, I feel like, yeah, people could easily abuse that. But I really feel like um, the algorithm or the, their implementation in Tinder led to the way Tinder is experienced by people. Like Tinder is made for hookups and or it's looked at mm. as that, you know? It's not made for like long-term relationships or it's not... It feels like it's not like that, or that's the perception people have of it, its users. And I feel like that's largely was based on their implementation of it. Instead of going into some depth, user preferences, uh, having a different, more, I guess, complex matching algorithm, it was just so shallow. And that's how it affected their users, how they used it for hookups and how they perceive it. Whereas if it went for a different metric, I feel like that would have affected their use. Maybe Tinder would be used for like more serious relationships if it was based on, as you said, how long you stayed in chat with other people. I don't know. I just, that's so weird. Um, I I agree. I think marketing has a lot to do with it too. Like maybe Tinder was just marketed more. I mean, I have no idea, (laughs) but like maybe it was marketed more as like a, a hookup kind of experience. What I do know is that Hinge and bumble and other kinds of hookup apps they really do try to hit home in their marketing that this is for serious relationships and i feel like that kind of creates like a feedback loop where the the users go Mm -hmm. on there to create serious relationships and because of that the word of mouth spreads and uh just people know it as a more serious dating app because of it right Um, even if necessarily the even if the algorithms aren't necessarily doing better matching, which I do actually think they are, but even just the marketing plays a huge aspect into how the community perceives the app too. But the algorithm, but but a different algorithm definitely plays into that as well. It's like a chicken and egg thing. Like the algorithm dictates the user experience and mm-hmm. how they perceive the app, but at the same time, the app also sort of. You know, the app design and their intentions dictate what algorithm they use. Um, so it's kind of like mm. both ways. Yes, um, but yes. I, we will move on to Hinge in a second. The last thing I wanted to touch upon with, with respect to Tinder is the interesting thing, and I didn't know about this because I guess I've never used it. Um, not yet, at least. Am I right, ladies? Despite having these these rankings, or you know, they as I said, they since then they've already completely moved away from it, and they've adopted something similar to the way Hinge does it. But um, they used to monetize this and give users the ability to skip over these algorithm rankings uh, using in-app purchases. So you could super like someone, and it would move your card to the top of their stack. Right. So it would bypass the the rankings. The they don't year. have that system anymore. I thought they still had it. They they probably still have that, but um the mm. you know they're not they don't do that kind of ranking system anymore. Oh, desirability I see, I see. ranking. But right. isn't that weird that they they used it as like almost <laughs> like a monetization strategy? It it does feel a little dystopian. 
Uh, it, yeah. But, uh. um, so, so here we go. So, so Hinge does it a little bit differently. So yeah, obviously after I read about this, I was like, okay, so how does Hinge do it? Um, and other apps in general. But um, so Hinge uses a machine learning algorithm and it's based on like data aggregation. It's very similar to the Netflix movie recommendation algorithm. So uh, if you and someone else have liked the same person, similar to if, if you and someone else like the same movie, then Hinge decides that probably the other people that this person liked, you would also like. So those are the ones that are recommended to you. And obviously, the more data they collect, the better their machine learning algorithm gives recommendations. Um, mm. So that's kind of how they tweak your preferences based on how much similarity you have with other people's preferences. And they can sort of find patterns in that, try to give you an outcome. Um, but that's, oh, yes. Isn't that interesting? That's interesting. I know that, that algorithm you just described, mm -hmm. I think that's really similar also to how Spotify recommends songs to you. Mm -hmm. And what I think is interesting is that Tinder had that algorithm which came from chess and hinge has this algorithm which comes from like netflix or like spotify recommendations and you can kind of see how different those goals are where exactly. like the elo in chess is more about like comp competing against each other and like there's one that's clearly better than the other whereas in netflix and spotify you have different genres and just different preferences in general and you can kind of see it's like a lighter less aggressive exactly more attractive than you algorithm at least experience wise no it's it's based on your preferences and like what you want rather than your relative attractiveness you know your recommended right. people that you would like rather than ones that are on a similar attractiveness level <laughs> mm -hmm. um but and this is the last thing to this mm -hmm. hinge just recently unveiled a new feature called most compatible um which, super like yeah. <laughs> um oh man so i i uh, once a day uh every 24 hours they give you one recommendation that they think is the most compatible user on the platform right now for you and they oh give God. that person your recommendation as the most compatible so they like literally um, match you guys to each other automatically. And then uh, you can, so you receive the same recommendation on the same day on both sides mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. expires after 24 hours. So you have 24 hours to make a decision whether or not to like, you know, go with this Interesting. Person. And so so the way they implemented this, um, okay, so based on the, the, the recommendations uh, are the same using their machine learning algorithm, but then mm -hmm. they, they utilized uh, this algorithm called Gale Shapley, uh, which is a matching algorithm. So the, there is um, a problem in, I guess, math or like network science or like computer science, um, but it's about uh, finding stable matchings. So mm -hmm. let's say you have an equal number of two sets. You have two sets with an equal number of things in each set. So maybe uh, hospitals in one set and med students in another set or college students and colleges, or in this case, uh, users, uh, maybe we're going to take, um, men and women. So you have an equal number 
And uh, the idea is you have to match everyone with everyone else in a stable way. And the definition of stable is that when we match it, when I am matched with someone, I can't have preferred someone else to this person that I got matched with. And that person that I have would have preferred would have preferred me. So like, instead of being with the person I was matched with, I could go for mm-hmm. the person I preferred more because they also prefer me more. So it's, an, yeah. that's not a stable matching. The person I that I got matched with is not up to my preferences, but also the person I would prefer more would prefer me more to the person they were matched with. So that's it's, not stable. So it's like, <laughs> it like maximizes the, the happiness. Ugh. Exactly. It maximizes it, it, the happiness of your everyone's matches, basically, right? Exactly. It maximizes the the preferences of everyone. And and long story short, um, if we get matched with each other, mm-hmm. both of us uh, can't do better. That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's just dating in general. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, apparently, so th- so this this Gale Shapley algorithm. Uh, yeah. these two, these two, these two gents, uh, proved that it's always possible to achieve a stable matching with two sets and they, they gave the algorithm for it. But, mm. um, Hinge uses that for this most compatible feature. Um, but here's, here's the, here's the caveat. Let's say I'm a college and I'm trying to choose applicants. I have a list of preferences, uh, and I order them from most preferred to least preferred the applicants. And I start proposing to my most preferred first, right? Yep. And if that applicant accepts, uh, if some other college that they prefer more also proposes to them, they choose that one over me. And then I I choose the next one in my preferences list as the college. Mm -hmm. So essentially, the college always starts from their most preferred and works their way down. And the applicants start from, I guess, their least preferred, and they can only go up. Like, if they get matched, and if someone else, if some other college decides to propose to them, and it's higher on their preference list, they'll go to that instead, that college instead. And so, yeah, applicants this can is only how the work applica- their way. I'm this sorry, is how this, this algorithm This works. is how the yeah. algorithm works. Okay. So, the same way, like, uh, men and women, the men propose to women in decreasing order of their preferences. So starting from the most preferred women first, the woman accepts the proposal. And if some other guy proposes to her that's that's higher on her preference list, she jumps to that guy. And this this person that was left unmatched goes down in their preference to the next woman. Um, so here is the, the kick. Um, if you implement it like that, where the men propose to the women, uh, or you could say it a little bit differently, the men start the conversation then the women are at a disadvantage because uh, they kind of start with their mm. least preferred and they can only, they don't get their highest preferred pick first. The men right. get their highest preferred pick first. So uh, the way Bumble implemented it, where the women start mm. the conversation, that actually works in their advantage, in the, in the women's favor. They get to choose their highest preference first and ask them uh, instead of having the guy start the conversation and it could be this guy is low on their preference list, but they're the ones that start the conversation, right? This actually is great because I mean, the point is Bumble has higher user satisfaction ratings than Tinder or anything 
because of this idea that women start the conversation first and it works, I guess, to their advantage to start the talk. And so, yeah, uh, you can always have a stable matching uh, amongst pairs of people. But um, whoever starts the conversation first is at the advantage because they're choosing from the top of their preferences. So it's kind of an interesting, I guess, use case that things can teach us about things. (laughs) I I had no idea there was like almost like a hidden bias in who starts the conversation first. Yeah. That is crazy that that something so like innocuous in the design of the algorithm and like how they implemented it. The design of the app. Yeah, it's not even, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It has such like, such like a huge consequence on, on like how yeah. people experience, how people experience like using these apps. That's crazy. Yeah. But long story short, I don't know how this app, I guess getting back to the, not really ethics, but more about like, how would I design a dating app? Like what metric would I take or how would I figure out how to recommend people to each other or match them? Mm. I don't know. Um, right. But I almost feel a little strange that none of these apps consider true user preferences. They try to guess the user preferences based on mm. uh, who they've liked or some kind of um, machine learning rather mm. than actually getting the user preferences intentfully like OkCupid okay, mm. does where they ask you to do a questionnaire. And then right. they're like, yeah, so I don't know. But then at the same time, those questionnaires maybe don't hit the right points. So it's a very yeah. tough problem to solve. But um, I think it's tough when you when you start to add in like characteristics like that too, just because it, it increases like the complexity of the problem. Like it's not something you could easily measure or even match with mm-hmm. through computations and, and algorithms. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. But it, it is like a trade-off, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Quality of the match and, like, how easily you can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's also just an app and, like, it's... They can only go so far. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I found I, I found this dive into, like, these dating apps and how they actually calculate recommendations and stuff. Pretty cool. And it all started from rankings in chess. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. It, it's, it's crazy how, like, <laughs> just, like, this one little aspect of competitive chess just spun you in this whole direction like that's and 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 it's touched so many different fields yeah that's kind of the beauty of design like it's just so ever present everywhere and and that's just so cool but i think we can all learn to make the first move (laughs) i was wondering if they knew who had the highest elo on on tinder Oh, that's so cool. Like, this this is the most attractive person. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, It's too bad I wasn't on there. Would have had snatched that up right away. All right. So, thanks for the conversations, buddy. (laughs) Uh, To to you, Brikey, and to our wonderful fans, thank you for uh, supporting us throughout this year. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being with us. We're looking forward to an amazing 2021. We have a lot of content planned out. And, you know, happy holidays. Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, happy New Year to you all. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa as well. Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, happy yeah, Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Hanzaa, Kwanzaa. Yeah. Rah, 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 rah.